You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Hola, hello, everybody. I, I don't know where everybody is. The, the chat room is kind of deserted, but that's okay. Hi, welcome. It's a Monday. I know the other shows that were off for a couple of weeks are back. So maybe everyone's just taking a while making their way over here, but that's okay. Come on in. Water's fine. Um, I didn't start today with a funny song. Only because I've got so much stuff to share with you. And we've got a guest coming up. Uh, Brian Karam is going to be here in a little while. You you remember Brian. He was the, um, the White House correspondent for Playboy magazine. And uh, in fact, he was the last uh, employee of Playboy magazine. So he's got that distinction. He also pissed Donald Trump off regularly in the White House uh, press briefing room and other chances he had to ask questions. And um, and and these days he's writing a column at Salon.com in addition to doing his own show, Just Ask the Question. Um, so, so we'll talk to him in a little while. But before he gets here, I was trying to figure which what, what to start with. And I've just got to start here. Uh, you know, I, I tend to dwell on opposite world. And I'll tell you something. Last night we finished watching that uh, Shiny Happy People on, I think it's on Netflix. And that's the story of the Duggar family. And uh, Discovery, which now owns CNN, this gives you an idea of of how they became, you know, how they got where they are. Um, Discovery owns TLC, which used to be the learning channel, but is now TLC. And that's the channel that had the... um, 19 and counting reality show on featuring the Duggar family. I never watched it. I I don't, the only reality TV I ever watched was Survivor, which I still do occasionally, you know, Project Runway, things like that. I don't do this, you know, religious nut jobs 
impregnating each other ad nauseum and having 20 children and, you know, pushing their, their Gileadian, Gileadian uh, religious beliefs on, um, you know, the world. Uh, and, and they say, Nikki, what did Nikki Haley said something? She did a she did a CNN town hall last night, which again I didn't see because I don't watch CNN. Um, but she's like the 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 meaning of woke. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the meaning of woke in a bit. It, but <laughs> I just I have to start with this because I am I am blown away. All right, so it's we're living in opposite world anyway the thing with the duggers is here i'm you know listening to this war on woke to this opposite world framing of mentality nikki haley on on asked what woke is she's like there it's when they try a small minority try to push their beliefs on the rest of us what the hell are you talking about that is opposite world so in this case there is a woman who ran for governor of Georgia. Okay, she ran for governor of Georgia, and um, she lost, obviously. I, I mean, she didn't even win the nomination. That was Brian Kemp, right, who who went up against, um, uh, what's her name, Stacey Abrams. Hold on, I'm trying to fix this. Uh, here we go. Uh, trying to walk and chew gum at the same time. Bear with me. i got to get this shot set up so I can play this video for you because it's astounding. It's just absolutely astounding and i don't know why it's not cooperating with me right now this is starting to piss me off starting to is the operative word here um anyway anyway i digress that so <laughs> this um oh man hold on i'm gonna have to make this smaller to make it fit on the screen uh it, it, and it's actually not even the video that i need to play for you it's the audio you gotta hear so there's this woman who again ran for governor of georgia she lost in the primary but she she is the i i gotta get this straight i believe she's the chair of the republican party of georgia yep uh she's a current republican official uh, all right so that um but but here she's former okay Oh, she's a current GOP district chair in Georgia. That's the difference. She's not the state Republican chair, but she's the chair of a district in Georgia down there. I say down there, even though it's further north than where I am. Anyway, her name is Candace Taylor. And so Candace Taylor went on, I guess it's the Flat Earth podcast uh, for an interview. And well... Um, it turns out that uh, despite her protests to the contrary, apparently this woman, Candace Taylor, is a flat earther or appears to be one. So here, let me just start if I could. It, again, it just doesn't want to cooperate. It's a Monday, everybody. Uh, welcome to it. Yeah. It, hold on. Let me maybe if I pull this down. It'll let me do it this way. I'm just trying to get the shot set up. This is when, you know, a producer would come in handy, but yeah, such is my life. Um, all right. So, all right. This is going to just have to make do. So it is the DJ Flat Earth, Flat, I don't know, Flat Earth Society podcast. And the guest was this woman, Candace Taylor, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, now current GOP district chair. 
in Georgia. Here's a clip. More and more, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. So is it or not? I don't know 100%, but it's just, it doesn't what? make sense yeah. the other way. It, now that you see it. it. Is the, the people that defend the globe don't know anything about the globe what? because if they knew a tenth of what Matt and I know about the globe, the they globe. would be flat earthers because it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I can't unsee this. All the globes everywhere. What? I turn on TV. There's globes in the background. There's globes. there's globes on there right uh, here. Like this would be a globe if I was a normal person. Like everywhere there's globes. Person, you see them all the time. I mean, it's constant. My children will be like, mama, globe, 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 globe. <laughs> They're everywhere. And that's what they do to brainwash. And so for me, if it is not a conspiracy, if it is, you know, real, why are you pushing so hard everywhere I go, every store, you buy a globe, there's globes everywhere, there's every globes movie, everywhere. every TV show, yeah. news media. Why? Yeah. Okay. So everywhere you go, there's globes. And I don't know why. There's a there's a conspiracy, I tell you, a conspiracy. So that's this woman. Uh, sure sounds like a flat earther to me. Look, I didn't realize that these people uh, existed until a couple of years ago. And I was joking about the Flat Earth Society. And I started getting phone calls saying, no, this is a real thing. There are people, use the term loosely, but people who... who um, are flat earthers they believe <clears throat> that that the flat earthers so there's a woman who does these comedy bits i used to play her all the time we haven't heard much from her lately because i believe i believe she got a job writing for i want to say jimmy kimmel um, but i could be wrong you know, I've been wrong before. Anyway, her name is Blair Erkson. And Blair likes to take on women like this um, Candace Taylor. And so a couple of days after that interview with the Flat Earthers surfaced, came this uh, video <laughs> posted to, you know, the social medias. You know, I'm not a scientist because that is a made-up job. But <laughs> I know that the Earth is flat, okay? Because if the Earth was round... Why would maps be flat? Mm. They can never answer that, okay? And people want to be no. like, well, oh, if the earth is, is flat, then what about night and day? Hmm. I don't know. Let me think about it. Maybe because the earth is double-sided and God flips us over when it's time <laughs> for us to go to bed and flips us back over when it's time for us to wake up, like yeah. I do with my husband. Maybe. Like, use your Ooh. brain. Use your head for a minute. <laughs> if the earth was round like a globe... Everything would be falling off of it. All the oceans will be dripping down it like ice cream, okay? Unless the earth is a DQ blizzard where nothing falls oh. out. But even then, sometimes things do fall out and they do have to give you your money back. So that doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> They're trying so hard to make us think the earth mm. is a globe. I see globes on TV, globes at my children's school. I saw a globe at Hobby Lobby, a place of <gasps> worship. Hobby Lobby, there was a globe there. I mean, if I were a normal person, there would be a globe behind me, but I have a rotary telephone that's not hooked up to anything, so Bill Gates can't track me, okay, because I'm using my head. Because she's using her head. Um, just brilliant. Absolutely fucking perfectly brilliant. But poor Candace Taylor. In addition to lacking a brain, Candace Taylor apparently also lacks a sense of humor. So... Um, Candace Taylor, you know, most normal people, if I was a normal person, I would laugh and say, that's really funny. But Candace Taylor is not a normal person. What's the matter, sweetie? 
you you don't understand um flatter uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery i am a christian oh i love jesus oh i am a woman yeah i'm created okay. perfect in the oh. image of god oh really and i know who i am do you i'm firm in that I've never said mm. the earth was flat. No. I've never said that I was a flat earther. No. Never, ever, ever have I said that. Uh-huh. I did not say that globes were fake. <laughs> I never said that. No. What I of course said not. Yeah. was that NASA taking billions of dollars every month of our taxpayer money. Billions every month. And really? funding uh-huh. something that we do not see any progression in Progre- progression if the earth is a globe which we've always believed the earth is a globe <laughs> and we believe that why, why do we see globes on all the tv shows why? on all the movies why? and all the just stores why? why are there globes everywhere why why because it's propaganda oh. it's propaganda for it's us propaganda. to be okay with nasa spending gotcha. billions of dollars of our taxpayer money to fund whatever they want to fund that does what? not mean that I'm crazy. That does not mean that I'm unethical. That does not mean that anything mm. that a radical, liberal, psychotic girl in Atlanta who did a parody <laughs> on me said. Oh, Because she did a parody and she said, oh, we can flip the earth upside down and have day and night. Would never have thought You're to say something so idiot. dumb. You're a moron. That is completely idiotic. <laughs> she said that. Her, not me. Oh. And people that say, oh, this is you. No. Look at my lips. <laughs> she had on red lipstick, uh-huh. but she does not have a full front top lip. And I told her that. <laughs> the red was a nice touch, but you don't have the lips for it. She looks nothing like me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and she writes skits for Saturday Night Live. No, she doesn't. She has a fake Southern accent. Uh-huh. She's an Atlantean. She doesn't sound like me from South Georgia. <laughs> and she's trying to. But it's not me, people. It's, it's her. It's Blair. It's not her name's me, Blair. People. I don't even know her last name. It's not me, people. Her name is Blair. I don't know her last name. Her last name is Erskine. Blair Erskine. Uh, yeah, billions. Uh, NASA's taking billions of dollars. Oh my God! The fact that she had to respond—I I just there are there are no words. I I am so grateful to Candace Taylor for making me laugh because that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh my. God, and yeah, look, um, you're right. Blair does not look like her. Blair is a lot prettier and actually is a lot smarter. Oh, my goodness. That, that, that just the response is fucking classic. <laughs> she doesn't even have an upper lip, and I told her that. She tried the, she tried the uh, red lipstick, but she didn't have an upper lip. I never said the earth was flat. I just, you gotta wonder. There are globes everywhere. And NASA's taking billions of dollars each month to, to, to foist these globes on us. Really? Come on. And now we're told that um, 
you know, woke is a is a um a bad word. I I I I just I just don't understand. Now she's a good Christian, and you know a woman, so she she has a um, what what did she say? I'm a good Christian and a woman, and I'm beautiful and the and made and the and, wait wait say it again. What I am a Christian. Christian. Yeah, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I am a woman. Oh. I'm created perfect in the image of uh, God. Oh, that's it. I'm and a woman. I'm created perfect in the image of God. Well, that's not what the Duggars told me. Because what the Duggars were telling me on this TV show, um, Shiny Happy People, women are supposed to serve their men. You know, and I'm not just talking dinner here. I'm not just talking, bring them the food to the dinner table. But you better damn bring me that food to the dinner table, woman. Uh, But the woman is here to be subservient to the man. See, this is what they're telling us. And yet when they say woke is a bad thing, um, it's it's supposed to be telling us that, um, uh, well, let's try it this way. Nikki Haley had a, uh, a a town hall on CNN last night. Who knew? Anyway, she was asked to explain what woke means. Define woke. There's a lot of things. I mean, you want to start with biological boys playing in girls sports. The question was define woke. And she starts talking about biological boys. Boys playing in girls' sports? That's not answering the question, Nick. That's one thing. The fact that we have gender pronoun classes in the military. You have gender pronoun classes in the military? You know, I get that a lot of, you know, people who are uh, educationally challenged may go into the military because they don't have other options. But uh, if they have gender pronoun classes... Uh, I need to see proof of that. Now, I mean, all of these things that are pushing what a small minority want on the majority of what a small minority want on the majority of the people. Isn't that what you people do every day? But Americans, it's too much. It's too much. much. I mean, the idea that we have biological boys playing in girls sports, it is the women's issue of our time. That's the women's issue of our time, something that maybe impacts one-tenth of one percent of the female population. If that, I'm guessing it's more like one one-hundredth of a percent of the female population. But she that's the, that what is that? That's the female issue of our time? My daughter ran track in high school. I don't even know how I would have that conversation with her. <laughs> how are we supposed to get our girls used to the fact that biological boys are in their locker room? Because they're not. Because if it happens, it's such a tiny, tiny percentage of high school locker rooms that might have a biological boy. And by the way, it's somebody who identifies as a girl. So your pronouns are fucked up, Nick. And then we wonder why a third of our teenage girls seriously contemplated suicide last year. Really? So she's trying to blame teenage suicidal ideation on transgender kids in the locker room? Oh, Nikki, that's stretching even for you. That's a stretch. We should be growing strong girls, confident girls. Again, the question was define woke just to reset.
So you know where we are. Then you go and you talk about building a strong military. How are you going to build the morale in a strong military when you're doing gender pronoun classes? Oh, why? Because gender pronoun classes must eat up so much of their training day every day because, you know, you got to have those classes uh, constantly to, to drill those gender pronouns into their heads because, you know, Obviously, there's something that's not getting through. Is it that? Oh, yeah. Class. Yeah. Gender Why pronoun is it that classes. You have, yeah. You know, kids undergoing critical race theory where if a kids undergoing critical race theory, can you ask her next? Define critical race theory? Because that's not something you undergo. That's not something a kid undergoes. Hey, just just trying to clean up the semantics here little girls in kindergarten if she's goes into kindergarten if she's white you're telling her she's bad if she's brown or black you're telling her she's never going to be good enough and she's always going to be a victim who who's telling a kindergartner that if she's white she's bad and if she's black or brown she's never going to be good enough tell give me an example please because that would be truly horrible nikki it's not happening you're delusional. Where do you get this shit? Oh, that's right. Fox and right-wing media and Ron DeSantis. Stop listening to that shit. They're lying to you. Tell me what kindergarten is teaching little white kids to be ashamed and little black and brown kids that they're never going to be good enough. Please, because those teachers deserve to be fired. But you can't point at one. Just one. Bet you can't bring me one. Oh, but keep going. And again, I'm still waiting for the answer to the question. Define woke. All of these things have gone to where they are pushing, you know, and transgender, the whole what? issue of the transgender. It's not that people don't think in America you should live the way you want to live. I what? want everybody to live the way they want to live. Bullshit. But stop pushing your views on everybody else. <laughs> That's the problem is they're starting to push everything on the rest of us. Well, no, it's you who is pushing your bullshit on the rest of us. So, for instance, more on death sentence was also asked over the weekend. Define woke. We know what woke is. It's a form of cultural Marxism. It's, it's a about form, wait, merit and achievement. Wait, it's a form of cultural Marxism? Define Marxism, Ron. Ronald. Define Marxism. Wait, I got to hear this again. Putting merit and achievement behind identity politics. Putting merit and achievement behind identity politics. That's what woke is? And it's basically a war on the truth. A, and war, is that is a war on the truth. No, this is the opposite world. You've got a war on the truth, but okay, keep going because this is good. Affected institutions, it has corrupted a lot of institutions. So you've got to be willing to fight the woke. We've done it in Florida, and we proudly uh, consider ourselves the state where woke goes to die. No, Florida's the state where um, old people go to die, or, or used to anyway. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so what we've learned here is that neither Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis know what woke means. So, Bakari Sellers, you were on CNN, and after Nikki Haley said that in the town hall last night, uh, you want to explain what woke is about? 
No, I, I, first of all, that's not the definition of woke. Woke has been co-opted by a lot of white folk, a lot of conservatives, debased, and then used to mean anything. Friday show. Exactly. It's used to mean anything that's that's not white, that's not straight, um, and oh. so. So that's just not what it is. And you hear people talk about things like cultural Marxism. That's not the root of the word. In fact, the word started in 1920 for most of America so that they understand it was about black folk talking to other black folks saying stay woke when you're in Mississippi or Alabama. Stay woke politically. Stay woke philosophically. That is what the word means. Now, to take it and make it mean something and debase it that it does not. And you saw her last night. She was stumbling across the definition. It means it means uh, transgender uh, girls in a girl's bathroom. Is that what woke means? I mean, what, what does it mean to you, Nikki Haley? She can't define she it. Can't. Neither can Ron DeSantis. No, he can't. Most Republicans can't. No, I really hate can't. the debate because it's anti-intellectual, but it's a part of their cultural war. It is a part of their cultural war. This is what they live for. You know what I say? Wake me up before you go. Wake me up, please. Or maybe we'll have to wake you up. Or wake me up. <laughs> it's about all I can play and without, you know, being copyright violent. But come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is this is some grade A bullshit. And the thing is, you know, the media, the corporate mainstream media plays right along with it. And this is the rub. And that's what I hope to talk to you um, uh, Brian Karam about. He'll join us in a few minutes. Uh, first, let me tell you uh, about my smoothie of the day. Um, I'm drinking a, mm, another coffee drink. So what I do in the afternoon is, you know, I'm, I'm just hitting the wall and I could use a pick-me-up and I make a pot of coffee every morning and I drink most of it, but I usually leave over at least a glass or two. And I did. Uh, and so I pour the coffee in my BlendJet 2 that you can get at BlendJet.com. Use the promo code uh, uh, FEEDME12 and you'll get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. So you do that. Um, you put in the coffee. I put in a little bit of cacao powder, a little bit of stevia, powdered stevia, and a little bit of milk and a lot of ice. And I blend it up and I've got my mid-afternoon smoothie and um it's you know what every time i walk by one of those smoothie places and i see what they charge for a smoothie i'm like get your blend jet too make your own then you know what's going in it you can make it exactly how you like it and it's so handy you can take it anywhere you can put it right in your um uh in your in your cup holder in your car you take it to the beach you can put other stuff in it too. I was looking for my. Uh, I got an email from from Nancy who is loving her blend jet, and I can't find it now. I'll have to share it with you tomorrow. But she's like, and you can make salad dressings with it. I mean, you could do all kinds of cool. So she's loving her blend jet. Uh, makes a great Father's Day gift. Again, go to blendjet.com. Use the promo code FeedMe12. You get twelve percent off your entire order, free two day shipping, and um, yeah, and help support the show as well. Okay, so. I see Brian is here. He's decked out with his um, shades because he's ready to get in the sun. And uh, drinking not from a blend jet, though. Hey, Brian Karam. Hey, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, hanging in there. I can't complain. And Rich says it's a vitamin to vegemin. 
Oh, I'm going to have to do that one <laughs> of these days. Vitamina Vegemin. Do you remember the, remember the Vitamina Vegemin? Of course. Lucille Ball. Of course. It, that was one of the best episodes, too. Does it core an apple? <laughs> I love my my chatters. They're, they crack me up. I have to sometimes not look over there because I lose my train of thought. So, Brian Karam, I was just... I was just... Um, Amazed. I didn't do it. At the brilliant. <laughs> no, you didn't do it. But um, you're familiar with this woman. What is her name? Um, uh, no, I lost her name. Uh, Candace Taylor. Did you hear this? This Candace Taylor woman who um, is, the, is a district chairperson for the Republican Party in the state of Georgia. Oh, yes. The the flat earther. But she's <laughs> she says she's not a flat earther, even though she goes on the flat earth podcast with these guys. And it, it's freaking out because of the conspiracy about the globes everywhere. <laughs> there are well, globes. it is a conspiracy to convince people of scientific fact that the <laughs> the earth is round. <laughs> the Holocaust did happen. Do you believe it? <laughs> Vaccines work. Right. But so so you're familiar landed on the moon. Uh, Oh, come on. That was done in a studio. I mean, look, we have given credence to these people who believe this shit. And the fact is, the Flat Earth Society does exist. And there are these people who honestly for years, for years, it's that they're nothing new. They've just what social media has done is given people a voice to find out that there are other people just as freaking nuts as they are. (laughs) <laughs> so it seems like they're bigger than they are, but most people are not that damn dumb. No, but the best part about this woman is, so so she goes on this podcast, the video comes out and everyone's laughing. It's okay, you're a, you're a nut job. And then Blair er- Erskine does her little parody thing of her. You've seen the Blair Erskine video, right? Yep. Hysterical. This woman is so funny. And it's it's weird because I was just thinking about her the other day, how we hadn't, heard anything from her in a while well now you have now we have (laughs) and she's she just she nailed it but the best part of the whole thing was candace's response you heard her response oh my i'm not dumb i didn't do that and she does a really bad bad accent and she has no upper lip Well, you know, you got she's she's a parody all by herself, Nicole. What are you going to say? That's, that's, you don't have to parody that which is already nuts. But that they but, don't see the the hum- I mean the humor in it but, or the hypocrisy. It's like in Florida, wow. this woman um what is her name? The one who went before the school who was on the school board in Hernando County, Florida, who objected to this Disney movie being shown in a fifth grade classroom and that the teachers under fire and because there was a gay character in the Disney movie. So this this woman, Rodriguez, I forget her first name. Um, she she they had a they had a school board meeting in Hernando County and she starts berating this teacher. This is yeah. opposite world. This is the this is the inmates controlling the asylum. And then you have Nikki Haley last night on CNN saying woke is when the a minority tries to push their views on the rest of us. No, that's the Republican Party. <laughs> Thank that's, you. Yeah, that's well, and the DOD has uh, what banned um, drag shows. You know, uh, uh, drag shows. Yes. and which is funny because if you you know the old uh, <laughs> the old uh, 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 shows that they would put on for the troops, you've, you know, I've got pictures of Bob Hope and. <laughs> 
and Jack Benny and you know uh, Jackie Gleason all in drag. Oh yeah, for the USO shows. So I mean, what what <laughs> you talk about? Just a little. Hey guys, can, you know I'm reminded of the movie Stripes, and I just want to go. You know, hey, lighten up, Francis. Lighten up. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, that's the fact, Jack. Yeah, so, love that <laughs> stripes. Um, yeah, so shot I, in I, my hometown, by the way, was it? Um, yeah, the entire thing, even the the stuff that was supposed to be in Europe, was shot at uh, Fort Knox, and the opening scene where he's driving, and you, you're supposed to think it's in uh, 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 New York in Manhattan. Is he's a Manhattan cabbie, and he's driving across. I go, wow, that doesn't make any sense unless that was in Louisville, and then you see him stop on the Second Street Bridge and look over where, and I go, that is Louisville. <laughs> That's I there was gone go. by then, but I, I was like, ah, my hometown. I love it. <laughs> wow. I, I'm quickly looking for, you know, I just did, I do a big, um, it, for holidays, I do these, I do these music shows and I did one for Memorial Day and I used a bunch of drops in them, in it. And um, sure enough, hold on. I'm trying to be, trying to be really quick here. I, yeah. Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, sir? Training, sir! Army training, sir! John Larroquette has a great line in that movie, too. He goes, oh, I wish I were a loofah. That is a great movie. That's, that's I did have to pull that whole, you know, um, here. Yeah. Anyway, I just I just cued into a random point. <laughs> what a great place! What a great place to start. Look. Oh, who didn't cry when O. Yeller died? Look, his nose is cold. That's. <laughs> This whole thing was great. It was. We need that silly humor every now and then. So keep those yes, things handy. Yes, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and sometimes you get it from people like uh, whatever her name is down there in Georgia. Inadvertently. I mean, she doesn't realize she's funny. She's being deadly serious. I mean, if you want to see, I'll give you an example. If you want to see something that's over-the-top funny and on purpose, I like Burke Kreischer's new movie, The Machine, with Mark Hamill. Very funny. I saw Very that funny. you tweeted Fa- to him. Yeah, that- father and son. It's the best experience I've had in a movie theater okay. since before COVID. And, I mean, it's well-written, well-acted. It's it's just – but it's you don't take it seriously. It's a comedy. This woman was trying to be serious, and she just dropped dead funny oh my because she can't take her seriously. Beca- because I mean, you just listen to the word satire. <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, it's a good point because think back Saturday Night Live, Tina Fey, when it was uh, Sarah Palin, right? And yeah. her her bit was using Sarah Palin's words verbatim. She yeah. just read the words that she spoke, and that. So how how did we fall so far in well, just a, a dozen go short years? To, go go back even for, go back to all right. So you have Joe Biden who <laughs> tripped and fell. Yes, and all of a sudden, because of a trip and a fall, he is uh, incapacitated. Not he can't think. Right. Well, look, I I've covered him. I've been in a room with him. I've been in a room with Donald Trump. I'm more worried about Donald Trump's mental <laughs> acuity you. than Joe Biden's. That aside, 
it, it used to be that you could make fun of things like that and you didn't automatically go to the meanest spot. It was Chevy Chase who launched his career pretending to be <laughs> Gerald Ford tripping, tripping down the steps. Of because it, in case you weren't around, folks, back then, there's an infamous video of Gerald Ford tripping down the steps, going into Austria, coming off Air Force One. And so Chevy Chase just took it to the ninth. But no one seriously thought that Gerald Ford was mentally incapacitated because he fell. My my first, the, and I tweeted this out, the first time I was in the White House, I went upstairs, I was standing outside, banging on the door, trying to get Larry Speaks to come out, by the way, in action today that would get me thrown out of the White House because, you know, the, you just can't knock on the door and go, hey, Larry, come out and talk to us. Wow. But I'm up there, and I think it was Helen Thomas who was actually doing the beating on the door. I was standing by because I was 24 years old and just watching. So <laughs> the the Secret Service comes through and says, look, you got to leave. The president's coming through to talk to uh, Larry Speaks. So we all turned to leave. And in my haste to beat feet, I tripped over my own feet. And I was there by myself on the ground. And as I looked up, who's standing over me? But but President Ronald Reagan. Oh and, he, and he looks right at me and he says, well, young fellow, you don't have to bow in front of me. <gasps> and I and that's how I met President Ronald Reagan. Now, I was 24 years old. There was no sandbag involved. Mm -hmm. I tripped. You I tripped. Fell. It happens. Yeah, it right? happens to all of us. Now you can you can question my mental acuity for many things, <laughs> but but not that. So tripping over a sandbag is just it. It we've gotten to a place in this country where everything is taken to the nth degree negatively, and the negativity and the divisiveness. Has has really squelched in some cases our sense of humor, our ability to laugh at ourselves. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And the thing is, um, you know, we're looking at these people going, it's really easy to laugh at them, but they don't get the joke because I think along with the brain cells well, went the sense of humor. They just it, it, it's it doesn't you have exist. To have a sense of humor, and that denotes a certain level of intelligence. If you can't laugh at yourself, you have problems. That's narcissism or that's i don't know what or or just you know the dunning krieger uh, effect you're too dumb to know that you're too dumb to laugh at yourself there's just something really not right about it and so i i you know i the, if you can't laugh there was billy gardell the comedian said and i'm i'm not going to subscribe to the theory but i like the line he said, if you can't laugh at yourself i hope you die of a weird cancer i mean that's, <laughs> Well, one of the funniest things to happen organically happened in the House of Representatives last week. This <laughs> this was the moment. The members are reminded to abide by decorum of the House. You know, there were Republicans laughing at that. There had to have been. For Marjorie Taylor Greene to call for decorum, the person who at the State of the Union is heckling the president, she's calling for decorum of the House. She doesn't know the definition of the word, and she, they don't get how unintentionally funny they are. Um, but yet they are. It's like Kevin McCarthy. Um, you know, he's unintentionally funny. Like, like, listen to this. I think it's wonderful that they voted for it. Because they are now on record. So they can't sit there and yell, this isn't good. So I'll bring something back tomorrow. Let's get the rest of the IRS agents. Let's get the rest of the work what? requirements. Let's cut more because we are in a big debt. 
This is fabulous. This is one of the best nights I've ever been here. I thought it would be hard. I thought it would be almost impossible just to get to 218. Now I found there's a whole new day here. We've woken them up. We've woken them up? You couldn't even get the, the 150 you promised, Kevin. Kevin? Well, I think he was surprised that he got 149. Let's be honest about that, okay? He, he And I'll say this much. Look, there are a lot of problems with this debt ceiling deal. It doesn't really attack any of the problems of our debt. It just keeps us spending, which, by the way, is progress that you did reach – a, you know, I know people are going to hammer it, but it was a bipartisan thing. The most important thing that I get out of that debt ceiling deal that McCarthy, of course, doesn't want to talk about because God forbid he should he, he can't really talk about it because it's the dirty little secret. And the dirty little secret is McCarthy found some cushion to push back against the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens and the far right. He's marginalized them. Mm-hmm. He has now found Democratic allies. If he's if he hunts for the middle, we we will at least see him try to court those type of middle of the road voters uh, that you wouldn't be able to court if he were being held. And, you know, let's face it, the far right was holding him hostage. I was looking for proof of life after this one. But the fact that he's alive and survived means that the big losers, the biggest losers in this fight were the far right. You know, it was Matt Gates going, this was a black letter event. We're going to go after him. We'll get in. Well, no, you're not. You don't have the votes anymore. Go screw yourself. That's, exactly. I mean, that's basically what happened. Exactly. But- he should have been saying thank you to my friends across the aisle who saved the nation from a, a no, catastrophic Biden. default. Biden thanked him. Yeah. And Biden was the one who brought, I mean, there's the, look, we knew if you listened, and I, I, I even wrote a column about this, and if you listened carefully, mm-hmm. Both Biden said, Biden said, we're not going to default on our loans. And everybody go, oh, well, that's uh, her. And then Mitch McConnell came out to the sticks at the White House and he said, we're not going to default on our, right. our debt. We know it and they know it. And I'm going, OK, so what we've got left here is political theater. Yes. Nothing was done. They were arguing over discretionary spending, which is pennies on the dollar. So it, you know, the real fight didn't take place. So there's a lot that I'm going to criticize about that, and that bothers me. But at the end of the day, what was triumphant was at least a return to the norms of, of you know, discussion. And the fact that Biden came out and then thanked him for it showed where the real leadership was. And by the way, don't forget for a moment that it was McCarthy who was giving us the crazies view of everything mm-hmm. in the negotiations I have no doubt in my mind that the real deal was brokered by Mitch McConnell and and the president of the United States. Oh, I, that's, I, I, that's where that came from. I, I think you're absolutely right. Here's and I did. I, I read your piece at Salon.com, which is why I wanted to talk to you about this. So, so the the headline of the article is, um, oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on. Uh, it is uh, Biden and McCarthy step back from the abyss. It's a huge yep. defeat for Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, it is right, and then against the odds, DC came out and said, "We got to do a default. You got to, well, you got to do it on all his debt. That's yeah. how, he never pays off a debt, right? That's no surprise, right? So, so look, we know this was not a great deal. Anything that doesn't raise taxes on the 
obscenely wealthy people who have been skirting paying their taxes for so long doesn't raise any new revenue from these people who don't pay taxes yet puts a you know a, another hit on the the people who can least afford to give up the tiny pittance they have you know when you hit the poor people and you let the rich get off scot free obviously it's not a good deal right but the thing is again the republicans were threatening to blow up the economy and not just our economy but this would have been the global economy you think that the 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 post-pandemic stuff was bad. If we had defaulted, if we had done what Donald Trump said, oh, just you got to do a default for whatever that means, um, we would not be having fun today. This would not, and today was the day that was supposed to be the X date. Uh, 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 I'm waiting for castle thunder. (laughs) Right. Oh, uh, well, I I, I don't have that. I I, I do have things like, you know, I've got a... uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, always got that one handy. But, you know, I, I got a little pissy. Uh, I guess it was on Friday. Go figure. Me on Twitter getting pissy. But Walter Bragman, who I usually respect, uh, right. you know, he, he, he did a whole thread just shitting on the Democrats. He's, this agreement is a win for the GOP and a devastating loss for struggling Americans. The consistent failure of the Democratic leadership to meet this urgent moment, their dogmatic insistence on adhering to norms when the opposition has jettisoned any pretense of giving a damn, scares the hell out of me. And he goes on. Uh, Just a Democrat sits in the Oval Office and we're cutting aid to the poor with inequality already at gilded age levels. A Democrat sits in the Oval Office, but we let popular pandemic assistance expire. A Democrat sits in the Oval Office and we're expanding fossil fuel development. And he goes on and on and on like this. And I, I, you know, finally had to say, look, too many Democrats didn't vote in the last election. So Republicans control the House doesn't mean that these things would be any different if they had. But oh, wait. You know, give it a rest and criticize those who deserve it more. I mean, yeah, the Democrats deserve criticism. Absolutely. And I'm always one to criticize when it's warranted. But in this case, the Democrats are the ones who saved us from this abyss. And and why is this guy just shitting on the Democrats instead of calling out the Republicans for being willing to throw us down the abyss? Not understanding the issues, I suspect, is part of it, and not um, – and look, to be honest, there are problems on both parties, but the criticism of – as I've said often, everybody deserves criticism. They don't deserve the same level of criticism. Right. I criticize right. Donald Trump because he's a, a seditious ass clown who has destroyed – or and, and on, honestly is – apt to destroy what's left of the constitution that he's already ignoring he's a danger i have problems with the current president because he doesn't communicate well he's done more than he's communicated his communication staff is woefully lacking right and at the same time he has told us a few falsehoods that i would like to hold him accountable for particularly when it comes to journalism if you're going to support if you say that you're going to support journalism in the First Amendment. And at the same time, you say you've got to bust up monopolies. Well, let's talk about the media monopolies and busting them up. If you would get serious about that, I would take you far more seriously on your word. 
That's a different level of criticism. He is not ignoring the Constitution. He's ignoring us, but he's not ignoring the Constitution. So you can't hold him accountable on the same level as Donald Trump. And what this whataboutism or this equality in, in, uh, in offering criticism often shows is that critical thinking by many of the analysts is not that critical at all. It's just like, well, they're both bad. Well, yeah, all right, fine, you know. I'm sorry, toenail fungus is bad <laughs> and cancer is bad. Yeah. But not on the Different same degrees. Level. Right. The, you know, I'll take the toenail fungus. I can deal with that. I'll, right. I'll stay away from, you know, pancreatic cancer if possible. Right. And One of these Donald things Trump is not is. like the other. Cancer. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the the fact that they won't get it, that they don't that they're okay with it. And and they well, and and but the media, you you know, you brought up media monopolies. I can't just let CNN have a pass here because I guess they did it again. I didn't watch the town hall last night with Nikki Haley, but the little bit I heard of it. Well, I did for oh, you. And God. trust me, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I'm sure. I loved her definition of woke or not. Uh, well, I, I like how, look, I, I don't like these terms either. I don't like, you know, I, sometimes I feel like people who tell me they're woke aren't. Right. If you really work, you don't have to explain you don't say it. it. Right. If, if if you're you know if you're an alpha male, you don't have to tell me you're an alpha male. If you, I don't care what I don't really give a shit. Call me anything you want. Just talk. Don't call me late for dinner. I I, I don't really care. But the, the, I've got one side going woke and another side going uh, uh, the Great Awakening. Well. Nikki, if you're part of the Great Awakening, don't that make you woke? (laughs) Can can I just get a definition of these words here so I know what bullshit you're spouting? Because honest to God, you sound like a freaking fool. Well, it's not only woke. So in her answer to define woke, she goes into, and kids having critical race theory and and put on them. Uh, Yeah, You mean facts? (laughs) First of all, how do you put critical race theory on someone? And second of all, define critical race theory. Well, that's the same problem you have with uh, DeSantis. He can't define woke. No. I mean, they use these buzzwords and to get an emotional reaction. There's no substance to them beyond the emotional reaction. They've learned that much from Donald Trump. And that's what they play to. But holding in what we need to do and what we do poorly in the press and what we need to get better at are framing the arguments. Okay, when you're going to say woke, just don't take it for granted what the hell they mean. Ask them to define what exactly. they mean. When, when, when they say, yeah, it, so ask for a definition of terms so that we are on a mutual understanding because, I, not, I honest to God, it, it, I don't know the difference between the great awakening and being awoke because if you're awake, you're woke. <laughs> woke, <laughs> awake, you're right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you cannot. Wake me up. Sorry, I, I you know. Wake me up you know that's it's all i can play because i get copyright violated but i have all these what you know you can wake up with a gun too sorry um yeah or if you're john lennon you're only sleeping ah <laughs> there you go uh what, 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 what you're you're only sleeping um 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 
sorry. It was a little, <laughs> little slow on the uptake there. Brian Karam <laughs> is with us. He's a columnist for Salon.com these days after writing, being the last reporter, the last White House correspondent, and the last person working for Playboy magazine. Before it folded or, well, it didn't fold. It just became a, a they now market, you know, sex toys and marijuana stuff. Wow. That's pretty much all that's left of that wonderful, great institution that that's I used sad. to. You know, it, it is sad because uh, some of the greatest uh, journalism of the 20th century was in Playboy. And, you know, I used to joke I was the reason people gave for buying the magazine. You know, like, I, don't really buy it <laughs> I read the, the interviews, <laughs> right? But yeah, and, and actually there were great articles and, re- and, and amazing interviews. So, oh, you know, it, yeah. Alex Haley. Um, Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. uh, uh, and then from the right, there were many standard bearers there. It was a great place to read deep thought and deep pieces. And, of course, 007 got his birth there. Uh, Alex Haley's Roots, the, the interview with Malcolm X done uh-huh. by uh, Haley was in there, and the interview with Dr. Martin Luther King. Yep, the, the best John Lennon with, interview ever. Yep, the and uh, the Playboy interview with... John Wayne that showed us all that he was as, <laughs> as miserable a racist as we right? thought he was. I'll still watch his movies, but I wouldn't invite him over for dinner. You know, <laughs> you know the fact that Playboy offered all of that. It it reminds me of the you know before uh, consolidation era talk radio where you'd get everything. You'd get you know on a talk radio station. You'd get the crazy right winger. I worked at WMCA in New York. I worked with Bob Grant, but we also had Barry Gray. We had both ends of the spectrum and the straight news person and the radio psychologist and the financial guy. That's what it was, a little bit of everything. And you could listen to and like in Playboy, read the articles or Did look at the pictures. Did you get your start in radio? Oh, I've been in radio my whole life. I, my, my start in, in journalism actually, after well, was my high school newspaper but before that i was an intern at waky wacky radio super 79 Cincinnati? W-A-K-Y, where in louisville kentucky louisville. oh oh kentucky and across the I, river right i, I remember watching the, the the original shock shock to us was bill bailey the duke of louisville who uh would rail constantly on his morning show and And he would send me out. He would order his breakfast over the air going, hi, down to Luby's. I want this and that and the other thing. And I'll send my intern down. And that was his commercial for Luby's, Uh the local diner. And he, uh, the only time I ever saw that guy speechless in my life was when they brought Miss Nude Universe in and she (laughs) sat on his lap. (laughs) And the only time I ever heard dead air. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. Radio used to be. Amazing radio oh, used well, to be. You, yeah, it was. Do you remember WKRP in Cincinnati? Right, of course. Right. right. You rem, do you remember the episode where Doctor Johnny Fever was taking the drunk test, and the more he drank, the more sober he got? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> that, was, that was that was actually based on something that did happen at Wacky Radio with Coyote Calhoun, as I remember, and and it may have been Reed Yaden, and and the other guy was uh, Woody Styles, and they all got. But the the more he drank, the more sober he got. Oh, how funny. <laughs> How funny. No, I I worked on uh, the the number one morning show in Los Angeles from 90 to 94. I produced the Mark and Brian show when we just took over the city. And we used to do a drunk show every year 
on St. Patrick's Day, of course, where hey, I lived. Of course you did, you see. The, the guys <laughs> would drink. They'd take a shot every break, and I, I'd be there holding the fort down. And by the end of the show, they were, they were you know, they couldn't stand. Um, it was always fun we we got i have an award from the city of los angeles for our drunk shows you know we, it was a public service we were doing of course it was oh, we were getting drunk that's a great public service that's right and just show how oh. how inebriated you get and why you shouldn't get behind a wheel and yet one of them always did anyway you know? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, tough room, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, radio, radio is a different world. And now we have the world of podcasting and you do a podcast. You do yes, a do. just ask the question at just yes, ask the question.com. And it, you. you know, this has opened up a world um, to people who, you know, it's like, all right, I've been doing this my whole life it's since college. I, st- I majored yeah. in broadcasting and I went into it and I've been in radio for over 40 years and um but radio doesn't exist anymore like it used to and now i'm seeing all these people Neither doing this television well <laughs> yeah either do newspapers yeah and, and that's uh you know they like to say it was market forces that did it but the government has helped to do it and that's why you got to break up the media monopolies people do read people do like to listen um there's a place for all of it i think newspapers have to evolve and become just media centers that have a podcast live streaming you know do the old time radio shows i mean you you talk about my podcast i do two different parts of that is we do a week in review of the news where i have a former prosecutor federal prosecutor michael zeldin and editor at large cq from cq roll call john bennett we discuss the week's events and decipher those for people and basically try to and, and hold the press accountable when we don't do a good job on the weekly news and then the other part is interviews where i where I interview people, you know, from politics or even from, you know, comedy, entertainment, whatever, that are my interests that I mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Uh, music is especially. Yeah. And that type of stuff is replacing what used to be the local radio station, the local That's television right. station. And it, but the problem is, Nicole, the local part of it is gone. Gone. And those are things that built communities. And we've got to reinvest in uh, community journalism. That's the bottom line to make this, to make a democracy work, letting people know exactly what's going on in their neck of the woods. Look, you and I may be far apart on, on politics. Now in reality, we probably aren't, but but, you know, but for the sake of argument, I may think this way, you may think that way, but I'll guarantee both of us on a paved road and the streetlights to work and you know, the schools to work and the police to do what they're supposed to do and the fire department do what they're supposed to do and have a hospital that's open. Now, all of those are, and by the way, we also like socialism. Sorry. Yeah. And by the way, we all like pictures of our kids playing in the local, you know, uh, you know, little league game to post on our, our, you know, refrigerator. All of those things are local press and the local press is dying where I live in Montgomery County, uh, Maryland, outside of D.C. It's a county of one million people. And when I first or more than now and when I first moved there. There were uh, a day, there was a daily newspaper, two weekly newspapers, three radio stations, and the Washington Post <clears throat> that covered it and did news. Today, they're all gone. Oh. Both weeklies are gone. The daily is gone. The radio stations are gone. The only one, there's one reporter for the Washington Post that covers a county of more than a million people. Wow. And so you, there's no community journalism 
That's the problem in this with journalism. Right. And now today you have the biggest newspaper company in the country, Gannett, workers on strike. I think it's just yeah, for well, today. Gannett is a hellhole and always has been. Right. They destroyed the one of the best places I ever worked was the Courier Journal in Louisville Times mm. when it was owned and operated by the Bingham family. They had they had, let's see, I wanna I wanna make sure I get it right. They won multiple Pulitzer Prizes, but they had bureaus in every major in, in every city over 10 or 20,000 in the state of Kentucky. They had a, they had a bureau of about four or five people in Frankfurt for the state politics, four or five people to cover uh, Kentucky in uh, D.C. It would have a huge bureau. It had overseas bureaus. It was recognized as one of the top 10 newspapers every year when, when the Binghams owned it. They got in a family fight when the father died. They sold to Gannett. Mm. And what's the first thing Gannett did? They took this beautiful newspaper, the rival of the New York Times, and often beat them on stories and gutted it. They go, well, what do I need a, a reporter from the Courier here in D.C.? I can save money there. I only need one covering the uh, the you know the state house in Kentucky. I don't need five. I don't need those photographers. I don't need this. And they cut it all out. Today it looks like a damn shopper. It's one of the worst newspapers around. And by the way. If you want to understand what happens when you kill local newspapers, it is no coincidence that the rise of that idiot Mitch McConnell coincides with the demise of the Courier-Journal. Because well, they, these regional papers like in Des Moines, Indianapolis, Kentucky, Louisville, they would – if you ran for office – you would have to go in and although even if you hated the paper, you wanted their endorsement because sure. it meant something. You went in before a group of six people or seven people. You did an interview. They did opposition research on you. People like George Santos would never have made it into office nope. back in the day when there was a, a hefty amount of local coverage. That's right. And by the way, Santos, there was a local paper that did it. And the Democrats didn't take advantage of it and they didn't do it very well. And so we have today because of poor journalism, poor government. That that's that sucks. And here in Florida, let me tell you, you know, because these big oh. hedge funds are now taking over newspapers. So both the Sun Sentinel and the Miami Herald, which both used to be owned. Sun Sentinel was Tribune. Miami Herald was McClatchy. And they're both now uh, hedge funds. Uh, owners vulture capitalists vulture capitalists and their pamphlets they're not newspapers anymore miami <laughs> herald now three days a week doesn't put news on the front page they put some some soft pedal nothing like a pr thing it's like what what is this this is the front page of miami herald it it's it's criminal what's happened and same thing with radio you know the thing about radio i heart you, radio uh, i hurt radio or I, I hate, hate radio. I, I hate iHeartRadio. <laughs> My heart bleeds when I see iHeartRadio. Right. Well, I call them iHeartRadio. That started in uh, San Antonio when I was working there, and they have destroyed uh, community radio. Um, WHAS, 84 WHAS in Louisville was a clear channel station that broadcasted news. And by the way, uh, in when the uh, 37 flood, and I cover this in the book called Free the Press, it was one of the uh, examples, early examples of <clears throat> of syndication and networking when th that radio station, because it was clear channel, could reach millions, mm -hmm. helped save lives and broadcast news 24 You know, we talk about the 24-7 news cycle that was pioneered by CNN. It was actually pioneered on radio in the 30s 
with uh, in the 37 flood, 10 years after CBS radio network formed, they were, they were kicking butt and taking names covering major news, like, like the 37 flood, like world war two. Right. And that's gone today. Think of when we were kids and the NASA would, would, when we had NASA projects that put man on the moon and everybody watched it and it was, you stopped, it was everywhere. Now we're putting stuff up in space and doing great things. Nobody knows about it. Nobody covers it. Nobody cares. That's right. We're too busy griping about woke or I'm not woke or you're woke should be, you go woke, you go broke. Oh, go to hell. Right. <laughs> no. You're absolutely you're absolutely right and they they do this time and time again. They they and and we let them frame the narrative. Why are we going yes. we're spending all this time talking about woke? What did stop it? You know, either you're uh, awakened and you you believe each person has the right to be who they are or you don't. But for for t- to go on and treat Ron DeSantis like he's a legitimate normal um, candidate that that just I don't even think his wife treats him like oh, he's legitimate. <laughs> well, his wife is he, a he has all the appeal of roadkill that you watch Ron DeSantis and you go somewhere. I know there's a squirrel that's missing his feet. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, Casey DeSantis is another whole thing that people need to understand who who she is. I It's just she. she it's very scary. I'm glad the world is finally seeing who he is, who we've had to deal with down here. But again, he is, you know, these people are treated as if they're legitimate candidates. Well, he is a a legitimate candidate. I mean, he, he signed up, he's running. Uh, I don't think he's, I, I I look at the, you know, I used to remember when they called the democratic candidates, the seven dwarves, well, this is, I mean, there's what, 10 or 12 of these people. There's Ron DeSantis. Let me see if I can get them all. Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, oh boy, Ugh. Tim Scott, Donald Trump, Asa Hutchinson, the former Arkansas governor, Larry Elder, the radio host. Um, I'm not Jackie Gleason and Bob Hope, but the right. CEO of Anti Woke, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, my God. I mean, yep. these are all running for the GOP nomination. Now, you would think that with, and and this is the question you have to ask: Why are some of these people in? You know that some are, are in to raise their profile, because right now the more people that are in, the more likely it is that that uh, Donald Trump will win that nomination because he has a secured number of voters. Probably thirty percent of the GOP that vote are all supporters of of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are fighting and will divide. They'll all end up with like ten or twelve percent, and he'll end up with the most the only reason why and and de santos could be in this race and mike pence for that matter oh, is that they they figure that donald trump won't be and that's the speculation because of the mar-a-lago investigation that may come to fruition soon the georgia uh, uh um investigation and of course the january 6th i mean donald trump is facing some serious damn trouble and he's probably going to get indicted at least one or two more times before the election, and he's going to scream and rant and rave. So the only reason why, I, I mean, I can see why some of these people are in the race. It, like I said, it's to raise their profile for 2028. Ron DeSantis, only makes, it, it only makes sense that he's in it because he believes he can inherit Donald Trump's base oh, if Donald Trump leaves the race, and that's frightening. Right, and the thing is, Donald and, and Trump— won't. 
well, you don't think, well, there's the next question. Could he? I mean, is will he be a free man? What word is that his attorneys were at Jack Smith's office today begging to not, you know, not have him indicted? Well, they can beg all they want. I don't think that uh, at the end of the day that matters. My, you know, that, I, I wonder if that would have worked. Look, I, look, I, we we know that Al Capone did some bad things, but uh, please don't indict him. He's really a nice guy right. at heart. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think that works. And they want to claim that it's all politicization. Well, that's what they did. They they politicized it. I, I've known. There are problems inside justice, but they're not the problems that Donald Trump thinks. The problems inside justice stem from an arrogance that has, because they have been disassociated for so long, they think that, you know, there are some of them, and they're not all of them, but there's some there that think that they are the right, they have the right to defend liberty over everyone else, and they're right, and everyone else is wrong. And so when they steamroll you into certain things, all of that, yeah, I hear that criticism. But for the love of God, politicization under this president, no. I, it under uh, it, Bill Barr, right? Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's why I call it opposite world. It's like they 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 know it's all projection, right? Everything they did is what they accused the Democrats of doing. Um, yeah. it, everything, yes. right? It's projection. It's it, it it's exactly what they do, and. I'm I'm waiting for the voices on the left or in the media, the objective voices to say, wait a minute. No, that's wrong. It's the other way around. And it seems like they don't. They just well, see, don't the, do it. The problem there, that's where I go to the, we're in the, look, when, it's, all right, first of all, I got to straighten this out. Okay. The press, we're not there to, to I mean, in opinion pieces, we right. are, mm-hmm. but we're there to, and we're not there to, and anybody thinks that the press is there to deliver the truth. Right. I would remind them of Indiana Jones uh, line where you want truth. That's in philosophy class, two doors down. Right, but you're there we're to the ask pursuit, the questions. We're ask. the pursuit of facts. Right. Which you will find your truth. So we need to find verifiable facts. If we would relegate ourselves to that and label our opinions as opinions, we'd be fine. But I see opinions creeping in all the time, the yep. news articles, and that's a problem. The real problem with this issue that you're speaking about is, look, when Donald Trump was in office, not a damn day went by when there wasn't somebody out on the sticks, somebody in the cabana on in Pebble Beach talking on the, on the news shows, somebody coming out in front of the press talking to us, and, and basically – just churning up Donald Trump's BS. And so after a while, the alternative facts, people began to believe him because you heard him so much. In this administration, you don't hear, you don't see, they don't say. And that's a problem. And I mean, there are Republicans out there. I have traveled across country in car three times in the last year and a half. And I can tell you for a fact from what I've seen with my own eyes that there is a lot of infrastructure being rebuilt, thankfully, because, you know, we were starting to look third worldish out there. Well, I mean, they have high speed rail in 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 Europe and in Japan and China. And we can't get it here. Give me a freaking break. Yep. So, you know, there's that is real. And you have Republicans who voted against it. Declaring that they that's a victory that they brought about. Right. And the meanwhile, the people who actually put in the footwork and did it do not shout it enough. Right. You, you had nothing to do. You once. you voted against this project, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Right. Where 
Where oh are the Democrats God. every day going, this, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that, we did. Now, I'm sorry, it may get a little boring, but people sometimes need to be beat over the head with the facts. Yes, they, they do. You just tell them one time, and they don't know because they're going to Floyd the Barber and getting their hair cut. That's right. And oh. just like Donald Trump used to tell you every day was the best president you've ever had, and he takes yes. credit for things that he never did, we need is the he? Democrats doing, you know, take credit for what you did. Yeah, that's and you need to have your associates, your minions, your acolytes, your whatever you want, whatever you want to call them, the people that are associated with your. And that's the biggest problem of this administration. They don't sell it. They right. they get it. They now look. They have they delivered. Yeah. And do we hear it from uh, Corrine for, on on the podium? No. On occasion, yeah. But yep. not often enough, and you don't have the other support. Where you know Buttigieg being out there, uh, he came <laughs> out rarely last week to talk about railroad infrastructure being rebuilt. And by God, that made news. Do it more often, right? What I'm saying right. is, put people on the morning shows constantly. Put people out there to argue every day because you're running up to an election. And if you want people to understand, you've got to cut through the clutter and Donald Trump, if nothing else will suck up every freaking molecule of oxygen he can. So if you don't battle it, you're going to get suffocated by it. Without a doubt. Hey, Brian, Karen, before we go, a word from a word from management. Welcome to the clear channel collective. You have been assimilated. Resistance is futile and will result in your termination. We know what's best for radio, and you will be required to assist in the assimilation of all relevant radio stations. Now, grab that frying pan and repeat after us. We know what we're doing. 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 doing. Fuck you. Oh, All of us here at Clear Channel are working non-stop to collect every radio station on Earth so that you can hear one clear message on iHeartRadio. Now that we've redefined an anemic point three to be a big ratings number, Bain Capital and management agree. We need more right-wing hacks and homogenized music on the air. It's our firmly held belief, with our dicks firmly held in our hand, that this is what the management of uh, public demands. In celebration of the Joe Goebbels playbook, Clear Channel and Premier Management would like to express their I-heart-felt perception of the American listening audience. It's Spicks and Wops and Niggas and Kites. Sorry, not that one. <laughs> um, that, was, uh, that was Boca, Brittany Summers, um, who then also did this one. I can remember back when radio was cool. I said when I grow up, that's what I want to do. But now it's run by greedy corporate holes and suits that only care about the bottom line, not you. They are omnipotent, their power has no end. Because the CEO is Daddy Bush's friend. Consultants know what's best for you to hear instead. Your brain was wired up. They plugged it in.
You know, I, I have a nickname. It's Cynical. It's a, you put an, a, a C-Y in front of Nicole. And, um, yeah. So, there you go. Clear Channel killed the radio star. Boca Brit used to be, uh, I don't know if you knew of Neil Rogers, who sort of owned Miami Radio. Boca used to do all the comedy bits for Neil Rogers, and now, you know, is, is uh, trying to get her <laughs> stuff on. It's, it's, it's a podcast. It, it's, this is the world we're in right now. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, it's not going to change unless there's there needs to be government intervention. You, you know, I know you're joking on Clear Channel Radio, but yes. here's a real life problem with Clear Channel. They automated the station. There was a, a um, and I cover this in the book as well. There was a rail uh, disaster in uh, rural Montana, I believe it was. And unfortunately, uh, lives were put at at stake because no one was around to broadcast a warning that, you know, uh, poisonous gas was being released or could be released because of this. And that was because clear channel owned all the broadcasting in the area and, and, had automated and didn't put it out. That's a problem. That's, you know, there's, there's a huge, you know, it, there's no, there used to be limits on the number of properties that you could own. Clear channel now owns, I think pretty much most of what, broadcasts in Louisville, Kentucky, my hometown. There sure. used to be 24 radio stations. Now it's all clear channel. Right. Used and to be, you could own in one market, one AM, one FM, one TV. Yeah, now, and, it. and a group could own seven of each. Now you can own yeah. that in one market. They could own seven yes. AM and seven FM stations in a market if there are that many. And oftentimes they're under the same roof. It was down here in Miami, clear channel. Now I hurt radio. Um, I, I worked yeah. for them and, and I will never work for them again, but they wouldn't hire me because, you know, the last time I was fired, um, they, they, part of my my deal was you're not allowed to criticize Clear Channel. And I didn't for six months while they continued paying me. And once the pay, you know, stopped, then I criticized. So, Which is I, why I would ball. never get hired because I would tell them to go. I, I well, I would say what I did tell yes. them to go F themselves. But that's <laughs> which is why I'm an independent. Hello. <laughs> Hello. No, it's a different it's a different world now. And so, you know, we're we're all trying to make our way in the new world. You've got your podcast. You do a column at Salon. I do this. You know, I'm launching a new um, working with a group of radio people, women, and we're launching hopefully soon women who rock dot com. We're oh, doing yeah? we're doing a, 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 a streaming radio station playing music, all female artists, all female presenters. Pro, I'm the program wow. director and a podcast network, as well as a community cool. and a mentoring thing and a whole, you know, hoping to bring community back. It's not at a radio station anymore, but hopefully it'll be at our little website well, that hopefully won't like be so see little rock anymore. and roll come back. So, <laughs> and it's not only rock and roll, it's women who rock, but it's, it's all genres. You will hear, yeah. um, you'll hear, uh, you know, um, sippy well, Wallace rock and roll. <laughs> to, 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 uh, you know, to heart, to Joni Mitchell, to Brandy Carlisle, to um, L7, to you know the Breeders. So it's going to be a little bit of everything. It's um, uh, here's a here's a trivia question for yes. you. Yes, will you be playing any Fanny? Do you know who they are? I do not. Although I think oh. I may have a song oh. from Fanny in the library. That's why I, that's why I hesitated. Tell me who they yes. are. Fanny is the best female rock group you've never heard of. Really. 
Okay. And they were pioneers in rock. They were the first major female rock group to get a contract. And they had a couple, I, I won't spoil it for you. Go discover it. They did a couple of Beatle covers, but they did some really good music themselves, some original stuff. And they're still, I think some of them are still around today. And, wow. But they're the best female group you've never heard of. And most and most large female groups are that have made it big owe a lot to them for what they did. When when did they start making music? What year? What it era? was late sixties really? and early seventies. Ain't that peculiar? And charity ball. Huh. You can look those. Those are the okay. two big ones that I remember. And uh, I had such a crush on them when they came out, and I was a kid. And I I actually saw them perform once. And they are without a doubt. I loved them. And if if you go and they actually do a great uh, version of Hey Bulldog uh, by the Beatles. Beatles sure. And right. so that that's they were that's a bit of rock trivia for those who don't know it. If you're if you're a fan of Heart, if you're a fan of um, any any female rock band, you know, uh, you've got to go and you've got to listen to them because they did it first and they did it very well. Awesome. I'm going to check them out. I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that I, I don't know who they are and I should because this, you know, I won on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Uh, just, you know. I am that. Rock and Roll Jeopardy, baby. <laughs> hey, no, seriously. Go to YouTube. I'm- and Google, look for me, Nicole Sandler, Rock and Roll Jeopardy, Roll Jeopardy and watch yeah. the episode. I actually, hey, I, I think I've I got still, it on my website, but yeah. I still play it. I still love it. I still, it to me, music keeps, music and, and comedy keep me sane after everything I have to go through. And uh, I've done both stand up and, and, and rock and roll and I'm still in a band and I still love it because it just, when you get out in front of a an audience and everyone's, look, it doesn't matter what you think politically there are certain things that are universal uh laughter and and enjoying good music those are two and i love them both absolutely and both are so important for mental health if if you want to you know yeah. have any semblance of sanity um that 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 uh, i think those are the 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 necessary uh ingredients um uh, music pulled me back from the the edges many many times um <laughs> yeah it's it's the one thing that that uh i think brought me back when i i sort of lost my shit after donald trump was elected and, and <laughs> could, seriously i i think i had a nervous breakdown i don't think i know i did and um it was music that that pulled me out of it um it was <laughs> uh, without music i don't think i i'd be here right now yeah well so. i was at the white house every day and i can second that emotion I, I would go to the white house and get pissed off and then we'd have a gig on the weekend and i go fuck it life's still good yes let's go yahoo <laughs> so he kept me sane uh brian Karam, we we're 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 well into overtime so your your yeah. homework assignment is go um and check out my episode of rock and roll jeopardy and see if you would beat me and just know that in the first half the it really is the buzzer the hard thing is hitting that button at the right time. Uh, you, you see me throughout the whole thing just shaking my head because I knew the answers and I couldn't buzz in. <laughs> but but well, and your uh, your assignment is to look up Fanny. I, I I wrote it down. I will because you know I'm I'm programming the station as we speak, there you go. putting Nicole it together. Sand, Nicole Sandler on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. You got to watch it. It, and, I'm gonna and, watch it. And and then you tell me if you knew the answers and if it, who would have won if you were there. 
Well, I got you on Fanny, so I think I got a, I got a leg up, but we'll see. I'll, I'll check it out. Okay. Sounds good. Brian Caramus. Oh, all right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One more. One yeah. more. Last, okay. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Bo Diddley beat. You know what the Bo Diddley beat is? Um, yeah, I think. Okay. Bass, Bo Diddley, it's, it's the only beat, drum beat, in rock and roll music. Named after a person, Bo right. Diddley. Yes. And it's dun da dun dun And it's based on what? Um, I don't know. Shave and a haircut, two bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh touche. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Shave and a haircut. I gotcha. I uh, I gotcha. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be that one. I, you're going to give your love to me. That's, you know. Yeah, and Bruce Springsteen does a great cover of it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, not fade away. Not fade away. Um, Brian Karam, we, one of these days we're just going to talk music. Cause Anytime you want, do I'm that. in. Um, I do that. You know, you know Jason Leopold? Mm-hmm. Jason Leopold is a dear friend and also a huge music fan. He's got the biggest artist t-shirt collection of anybody I know and he will talk music to you like around the clock so maybe we'll do we'll just do a music show one day anytime you want sounds good Brian Karam again find him just ask the question.com he's still at Brian Karam on the Twitters you sticking with the Twitters I'm sticking with the Twitters so I can make fun of Elon. <laughs> you mean Elmo. Um, all right, <laughs> Brian, always thank you so much. I, 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 you know, hit you up today to come on, and I, I so appreciate it. Always enjoy talking to anytime, you. Anytime, anytime. It's always fun. Thank you so much. You have a great all night, right. and we'll talk again soon. And uh, rock and roll Jeopardy. Peace. You go. Bye. Uh, all right. And with that, we're done. Oh, and he's, he's out of here. He went to watch rock and roll Jeopardy. You can watch it, too. Um, it, you know, like this. And here's our host, oh, I bring it up, but hey I, I don't see the window. Nice oh. to have you. Okay. Uh, with that, we're done. I'm late. We're in overtime. I will uh, see you tomorrow. Laffy was supposed to be here tomorrow, but she's been dealing with some health issues. First, she had, she had a bad intestinal thing and, and that she finally feels better from. But now she threw her back out. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we're doing tomorrow. We may just watch Rock and Roll Jeopardy. I'm not sure. All right. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening, everybody. And um, uh, don't don't venture off the edge of the earth, please. We we need you here. Okay. <laughs>